You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. This past fall, for the first time ever, the federal government carved out a small portion of its carbon tax to give Atlantic Canadian families who use home heating oil a break. You may recall this because, at the time, many people wondered if this would perhaps set a bad precedent, demonstrating that the tax is flexible and can be applied and removed, altered, and changed. And that might lead to requests for further carve-outs. Those people who wondered, it turns out, were right. What has happened since are requests from a few provinces for more carve-outs, and one province has gone further than that. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe did not so much request an exemption as demand one, asking the government to give Saskatchewan a break and then adding, But if not, effective January the 1st, Sask Energy will stop collecting and submitting the carbon tax on natural gas, effectively providing Saskatchewan residents with the very same exemption that the federal government is giving heating oil in Atlantic Canada. The federal government may say that's illegal, As you may imagine, the federal government does indeed say that that's illegal. But Saskatchewan has begun the process anyway, setting up a high-stakes fight over the federal government's signature climate policy, a fight that could potentially end in handcuffs. Now, is this all a bluff? Does Saskatchewan have options here? When will it become more than talk? And would the federal Liberals really go so far as to arrest members of a provincial government, even if they have, in fact, broken the law? One way or another, we're going to find out. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Larissa Kurtz is a reporter with the Regina Leader Post in Saskatchewan who has been following this latest bickering. Is bickering a fair term for it? I I would say so. Bickering seems appropriate. Okay, so let's uh, rewind, I guess, three or so months ago. How did this fight between the province of Saskatchewan and the federal government begin? Mm -hmm. It all kind of began with the announcement from our our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, that there was going to be a bit of a carve out in carbon tax for um, people who use oil heating as a source. Um, It's something that primarily people in Atlantic Canada use Mm -hmm. um, far more than than other parts of the country. And uh, our, our premier, Premier Scott Moe, felt that was unfair. And so he took it upon himself to announce that Saskatchewan would like to see further affordability measures given to all Canadians to kind of level the playing field, you know, so we're not just focusing on one type of heating source and instead providing some kind of relief for all Canadians. Of course, that's not something that was offered by the federal government. Right. Took a couple of weeks of sort of back and forth to to get to a point where Saskatchewan decided that they were going to do it themselves. So Premier Mo, he decided he was going to... Uh, not collect the carbon levy on natural gas bills um, beginning January 1st. What is the process for collecting the carbon tax? So the province collects it from who? Who collects it from whom and how does it get to where it ends up, I guess is the best way to put it. 
Yeah, yeah. Great question. So we in Saskatchewan, we have what are called crown corporations. They operate our energy delivery, our energy processing. Sask Energy, which handles natural gas. We have Sask Power, which handles all electricity. And the carbon levy, at least for consumers, is collected on directly on people's bills. So right on your utility bill from one of those two crowns, you will see a line item that says federal carbon tax. Ah. And it's, it's pulled right off of your total there. And so the government collects it from those bills in their own coffers inside of those crown corporations. And then they send it on to Ottawa at regular intervals. Uh, that's how it works? They do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, part of the rules under the Greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act, which is the, the federal legislation that um, sets out the rules for the carbon levy, is that uh, provinces have to remit payments monthly to some kind of an output-based pricing system. And that's where it gets a little bit more complicated because some provinces have provincial OBPS set up in like provincially where they they remit and the dollars don't ever actually leave the province. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Saskatchewan is a little different because we we have an OBPS provincially for electric. So for SAS power, but we don't for Sask Energy. We haven't set up that agreement and come to terms with the federal government for that. So it's a bit of both. We make those carbon tax payments both to our provincial program and also to the federal program. And Premier Mo has said that they will simply stop charging consumers who use gas the levy on their bill. So they'll just take it off. That's the plan? Correct. Yeah, it's actually as of January 1st. So we've already started doing it on those bills. It's going to show up as both a charge and then a, a, a back charge. So it'll work out to a net zero. OK. I and mean, that's for both natural gas and electric, because we at some point this fall expanded. Um, so first we were we were talking just about not collecting on natural gas. Um, and of course, the federal government did not change their minds. And so it, it, we actually expanded it to include all portions of electric bills that people use to heat their homes. For people who do use electric heat, it's about 60% of their bill. Here's the question. Can they do that? Ooh, it's, it's a good question. The short answer is yes. The long answer is yes, but also no. Okay. <laughs> um, we kind of get into the weeds a little bit here, but not collecting from consumers, they can do that. The Greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act is fairly specific in only requiring the remittance of those payments. It doesn't specifically mention collection. So where those payments come from is not specifically mentioned. Provinces can make those payments out of wherever they feel they, they want to. We, at the passing of that act, decided we were going to collect it from consumer bills because that's kind of the purpose of the act and, and what was intended. But by simply not collecting, we haven't technically broken the law yet. I see. So when the bill comes due to send that money or some money, I guess it doesn't have to be that money, on to Ottawa, that's when it becomes not just like the decision of Saskatchewan in terms of how they want to manage this, but something they're doing that is uh, prohibited by the federal government. Yeah. So when that remittance payment comes due, uh, which will be at the end of February for the January payment, they're always kind of a month lagging. Right. That's essentially when Saskatchewan kind of has to make a decision on how far they're going to go with this. Um, it's when the, we'll call it a boiling pot, we'll 
say it sort of heats up right into a rolling boil. Right. Is this just the Saskatchewan government going at it with Ottawa because that's what they do? Or is this an important policy uh, for them to take a stand on? Yeah. So you're not incorrect in saying that it is, you know, a bit of a a back and forth between federal and provincial jurisdiction. Um, we've seen it from this premier for many, many, many months. Um, it's it's not it's not a new conversation, right? In fact, he was the one that took them to court in the first place over the carbon tax. Yeah, yeah, it was Saskatchewan, uh, I believe, Alberta and Ontario who first asked their provincial appeal courts to review the constitutionality of the act. The Supreme Court did ultimately rule that the legislation is constitutional. It was upheld. And so it was a it, it was a lost case in that sense. But I think that it is serious enough in that Saskatchewan has passed amendments to our Sask Energy Act in preparation for what could potentially happen if they don't remit these payments. What are those amendments? Oh, good question. Earlier this sitting, uh, this fall sitting, we passed amendments to the Sask Energy Act, which is it's that piece of legislation that outlines the kind of the role and the operations of that crown. And so it's now been amended to transfer responsibility from Sask Energy's executives, from, from the kind of top tier staff, to our provincial minister who's responsible for crowns. We were told the purpose here um, was to protect the executives, to protect the folks who are just doing their jobs and instead place government, um, place our minister, Dustin Duncan, at the center of the bullseye for any federal ire that might come from this. That's how it was explained uh, when we asked. It's going to be a little bit interesting because part of what needs to happen in order for us to do that is that Sask Energy needs to delist itself as the regulated distributor of natural gas in Saskatchewan with the federal um, federal agency. And government needs to then list itself as the regulated distributor of natural gas. That requires federal approval. We know the applications have been sent in, both of them, delisting and relisting, uh, but we don't know if the, uh, the federal government has responded or answered those applications as of yet. Um, so it all kind of hinges on that. But I think it's very telling that we have passed legislation in preparation for what potentially might happen if we don't uh, if we don't remit. We've kind of danced around it a little bit, but what potentially might happen if Saskatchewan doesn't remit? Like, how serious is this? We we could be looking at fines. The act lays out that there are potentially fines that could be charged for folks who do not for any entity that does not uh, make their payments. We're also potentially looking at jail time. Really? For whoever is responsible. Yeah. Which in this case, if the amendments to switch over from Sask Energy to government as the regulator go through, uh, that could be our, our Minister of Crowns. Has the federal government or Prime Minister Trudeau himself said what they will do? Or is it still vague? Have they mentioned arrests and jail time? Or is this just what potentially could happen? Yeah, I, as far as I know, Prime Minister has not made any comment on it, nor has his environment minister, Stephen Gibbo. Anytime that we as reporters, at least in my newsroom, have reached out uh, asking questions about <laughs> comment or response to what's going on here in Saskatchewan, all we've received is statements just reminding us that the Supreme Court did uphold uh, this this particular act as constitutional. Hmm. It's hard to say what the federal government might possibly be considering doing, 
but it's certainly on their radar. I, I can't imagine it wouldn't be. Us knowing about um, potential fines or potential jail time is just a, a matter of reporting, um, looking into it, trying to answer questions. In the bigger picture here, you know, as we already discussed, there have been fights uh, over the carbon tax since its inception. Saskatchewan has not been the only province to voice its displeasure in court or otherwise. If Saskatchewan does this and doesn't remit those payments and there aren't arrests, it's it's still kind of hard for me to picture um, the government arresting the energy minister of Saskatchewan. If they can call the federal government's bluff like this, like what happens to the carbon tax and the way it's handled around Canada? It's it's a good question. Um, I certainly think other provinces are watching and waiting for the outcome of what happens here. Um, Saskatchewan is kind of the first to make this type of challenge towards the carbon tax. But we're, like you said, not the only province who have had very vocal expressions of issue with it. I, I do have to mention that in order for other provinces to do the same, they would have to have similar crown corporations in order to, you know, control that remittance, that collection part of it. Hmm. We are one of several who do, but there's not quite as many as one might think. Alberta, for example, doesn't have a natural gas regulator the way that Saskatchewan does. And so they would have to take a few more steps in order to follow what we're doing. And at this moment, the only provinces that are like paying into that federal output-based pricing system would be, I believe, Manitoba, PEI, Yukon, none of it, and ourselves, Saskatchewan. And so that, of course, gets a little more attention because that's money that's owed to the federal program versus money that's owed to a provincial program. As for what it could do for the carbon tax, it's a little unclear. Legal experts that I've talked to have said it's perhaps unlikely we'll see direct arrest, but we could very, very, very certainly see court action taken between the federal government towards the provincial if it comes to that point and that the federal government perhaps might have a point to prove if it really comes down to it. As it stands right now, what are we waiting for? Is it, it, it will we not know till the beginning of February? Will we know when we see people's bills? Do we already know that the charge won't be on people's bills? Like that's a certainty. And now we're waiting to see what happens to the money. It, it is certain that people are not going to be charged in January. We've had a couple instances where our crown minister has made that very clear. We are essentially just waiting for that February deadline, right? It's not, it's not technically due till February. We have until shortly before, I think, to decide what actually happens. It has been expressed, and I think this is really important to know, that the the government is considering potentially still making those payments. They haven't decided whether they will or not. So they could just say, uh, we're going to send you the money. Don't worry about it. We just decided to give uh, the good people of Saskatchewan a break from your tyrannical policies. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of uh, Premier Mo. Yeah, no, that's that's essentially uh, what's been communicated. So we, we've been told uh, by, again, Minister Duncan, that one of the options on the table, should Saskatchewan make this choice, would be to, we're not collecting from bills, we're already not doing that, but we could instead pull those funds from the bottom line of either Crown or from the General Reserve Fund. Hmm. Again, I'll reiterate, Crown corporations are government-owned entities. They provide a service or they're like a public corporation. The money in their budgets is still taxpayer money. Right. When you boil it right down to like the most basic description, that is still 
taxpayer money being used to operate those entities. It's not really touched on a lot in government's messaging, right? The right. whole the whole thing is that it's an affordability measure. We're not charging people this levy anymore. We're going to, you know, we're going to take that off your bill. But to then turn around and say, we might potentially still make these payments, but we might do it from government coffers. It's, that's still taxpayers paying paying the cost, right? Just from a different place. So we're waiting till February. In the meantime, I am not asking you to lay some money down or anything, but given your experience on this file and I'm sure uh, your colleagues and other experts that you talk to, what do you think the chances are that this actually goes the distance and you end up in a legal fight between Saskatchewan and Ottawa or somebody backs down? You know, I, I don't know if I would be confident placing a bet on either outcome. Why not? I think that both sides potentially have something to lose in backing down. And again, it's not a new standoff. We're kind of, we've kind of been working our way up to uh, a situation like this. Um, our government's been very, very transparent in how it feels about federal overreach or what they describe as federal overreach. And there's, of course, the court of public opinion at play here as well, right? Where are people standing on this? I think people have a lot of questions. And, and, and anytime you get into politics, you, you always come up to that point where there's people who just feel a certain way and can't be convinced otherwise. Other people feel a different way and can't be convinced otherwise. But I, I would say it's about 50-50. People, they recognize and they relate to this message about affordability. I mean, inflation is really, really hitting everybody hard and people want help. Um, and they see government as potentially having the ability to provide that help. But the more details are revealed about this plan, I think more questions come up and people are a little bit uncertain. I mean, they don't know, you know, what, what it's going to mean for their rebates, for example, in 2024, because that's something that could also be affected depending on what Saskatchewan does here. We're not really sure what it's going to look like. We, we don't know, I guess, until February comes. It's a fascinating story to dig into. It'll be really interesting to see what happens here. It is. It is. And I, I, I would point out, too, that, I mean, Saskatchewan's passed legislation to deal with the fallout from this. We've already proven that we're not afraid to take the federal government to court over something like this. You know, we've been very vocal about, for example, the clean energy regulations that have been uh, proposed. We say 2035 is not going to be possible to reach for net zero emissions. Right. Ourselves and Alberta have both expressed that. It's certainly not an argument that I think Saskatchewan is willing to walk away from. We're about 80 percent of our power in this province is produced by fossil fuels. I think it's a 40-40 split between natural gas and coal. And then the remainder is, is a few other smaller sources. But um, it's a very big part of our function as a province. We have a public grid and it's powered by fossil fuels. And we feel very strongly about that. I would hesitate to say that this is a place where our provincial government that we currently have elected is going to be willing to back down. And the carbon tax being the Fed's pretty much singular climate policy, can't see them backing down either. Yeah, it's a big keystone in their, their platform and what they're trying to do. So they feel very strongly about it as well. We will see. Larissa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Larissa Kurtz, a reporter with the Regina Leader Post. That was the big story. For more, including the original episode about the original carve-out, which indeed included questions about if this could lead to more carve-outs, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. 
In fact, you should just uh, search for carbon tax on that webpage because I have no idea how many times we've covered it, but it is probably a lot. If you would like us to cover it one more time or you'd like us to cover anything else for a change, you can request it. The way to do that is to email us. Hello at the big story podcast.ca is the address. Or you can call us and rant and rave or politely request a topic. That phone number, 416-935-5935. Wherever you're listening to The Big Story, thank you for doing so. We would thank you even more if you gave us a rating or a review or passed a link around to your friends saying, hey, check out this podcast I listened to. You might like it. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.